What's going on everybody? I'm back again with another episode of Behind the Grind and this time, yes, it did take me a while, but while everyone's home in their own form of quarantine, taking care of themselves, taking care of people around them by being the real troopers and staying home, um, I thought that I'd share this episode with you. Uh, I also do want to highlight something actually in this moment in time that we're in, is that be close to those who you haven't been in touch with but also be grateful for those who are putting themselves in harm's way to make sure that you can stay safe. Uh, educate the people around you, educate the people who work with you in your houses, in your offices, wherever you may be in the world. Keep educating people and explain to them why it's so important to stay healthy, to stay clean, and to stay safe, but most importantly, to be away from everyone. I think that the times we're in, not very many of us thought that we'd ever see in our time, and um, it's a sad state of affairs. But fingers crossed, we shall prevail. We are a strong set of individuals. And I'm pretty confident that when we come out of this on the other side, however long that might take, we will adapt. We'll figure out what to do. And in the meantime, take care. And I hope you enjoy this one. What's going on, everybody? Asad Hashmali back again with another episode of Behind the Grind podcast where I meet with people, people who are doing cool things. I listen to their stories and uh, I try to see if I can learn something from them or if I can just start preaching again as usual. My guest today is Miss Amna Zulkawala. Amna, what's up? Hello. Amna is a very old friend of mine. She was one of the first few members uh, of Backspace, the media company. She worked with me at Cedar and um, she's just someone who has a lot of cool shit on a regular basis. Now, the reason why I've called Amna on, so a little self-flattery right now, a little flattery for you, not self-flattery for you, is that um, Amna is the creator of this initiative called Project Slowdown. Project Slowdown is an Instagram page where Amna basically draws ways for you to not scroll on Instagram. Yes? Did yes. I get that right? Yeah, you got that. Things you can do instead. Things you can do instead. But then also at the same time, Amna is um, an avid yogi. She loves to be with herself and calm herself down. She's someone who's very in the moment, very present. She's very aware of her surroundings and of her own feelings and emotions. Something which I actually try to learn from her on a regular basis. Tries to be. Sorry? Tries to be. Who? You? Me? Yeah. Tries to you what? Tries to be present. Tries to be present. But then also other than that, Amna was a student at Habib University and she... Uh, decided to let go of that and she started working with me at Cedar. And now she's back at Zabis, she's pursuing a degree. And um, we'll get more into this, actually. So, are you ready, Amna? Amina. Amina. I'm ready. If that is your name. It is, actually. Yeah? Are you comfortable? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah? Mm-hmm. How's the tea? It's good. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm glad I took the tea bag out. Okay. It gets all bitter otherwise. Yeah, I guess me too. So I'm going to tell me a little bit or tell everyone who's watching a little bit about yourself, about how, um, where you grew up, what school you were in, what mm-hmm. were you studying exactly, what you wanted to do when you were growing up. So I grew up in Karachi, born and raised. I still live here. I don't know how I feel about that. But I, then I went to Karachi Grammar School. I was there for my entire life from nursery all the way through to A-levels. And then, and also, okay, so you asked. You also call it grammar school? No, you call it grammar school. <laughs> I just call it KGS. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, so um, you asked what I wanted to do when I was younger. Yeah. I actually wanted to be a cartoonist. Really? Like that's one thing that I remember that I wanted to be, that I wanted to be a cartoonist. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I watched that many cartoons, but I just wanted, to, like I used to make a lot of drawings. So like um, when you would watch like Tom and Jerry and start sketching 
Tom and Jerry? No, actually not Tom and Jerry. I wasn't like I wasn't highly encouraged to watch Tom and Jerry because of the wild violence in the show. Smart parents, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think smart so. parents. I think so. We grew up watching Tom and Jerry and Simpsons as if it was just like mm. you know watching. Mickey Simpsons Mouse. also. Simpsons also was um, discouraged because apparently it had contained adult content. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Continue. Sorry. What was what? What else did you ask? Um. What I actually elaborate a little bit on the you wanted to be a cartoonist. You said that you didn't watch as many cartoons as you think you I did. I mean, I did like Blue's Clues and Dora the Explorer and Recess and others also on Cartoon Network and mm. Disney also. I think yeah, but Nickelodeon. Don't stay home without it. Huh? Don't stay home without it. No, that's Cartoon Network's tagline. Don't Was stay it? home without it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But uh, Dexter. Mm. Um. And similar, but uh, I yeah I don't know, but I don't know where the desire to become a cartoonist came from. I think it was mostly just the fact that I like drawing a lot. I used to like have this little table, uh, this little folding uh, folded folding table, um, gray. It had was full of scratches by the time I was like maybe six years old. Uh, and I just like I used to use like these A4 printer papers, and I just, I would just like make little little people doing things and with like little speech bubbles saying things and I, and I just recall that I wanted to be a cartoonist and like that's something that my mom remembers also me saying that I wanted to do. That's very interesting because you'd, you'd find many people saying that you know I want to be an artist when I grow up or like you know I want to be a painter or something like that. but a cartoonist is also I think a little specific. It is specific and I don't even know where I learned that term actually. I think my mom must have taught it to me. I think I was discouraged by the fact that you'd have to make so many drawings in order uh-huh. to just get a, like one movement. Yeah. So I think that was a little bit uh, daunting for me. Maybe that's why my why the the desire faded over time. But did you ever, back then, did you ever like read any comic books in particular? No, I didn't. No? I didn't. So sometimes actually I have this like bit of a... Bit of a bit of a complex because I'm like wait a second if I wanted to be a cartoonist if I want to be an if I, if I wanted to do illustration in any way then I didn't read comics or I yeah, didn't yeah. like do this or I didn't watch this or that so how do I have the right to want to do this? Yeah? Did you ever read any Matthew Gladwell like outliers? No, I didn't. No, so in that this is one um, chapter which speaks about the ten thousand hour rule and um, that for example the reason why Bill Gates became one of the ha- has one of the sharpest minds in tech is because he put in literally ten thousand hours of him coding. The same way for Kobe Bryant. You put in so many hours since you were a kid to basically become the best at what you do. I don't want to compare myself to Bill Gates. Or Kobe Bryant. That's a touchy topic at the That's moment. Touchy, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, but the reason I bring this up is because I was reading about this in, in, in Outliers was that people, you're always told in some way or the other. This is actually, he, he didn't write this, but now I'm thinking that you're always told that for you to become what you want to become, you have to actually start that journey from childhood. Mm-hmm. But now... You you basically you've kind of reignited yeah exactly yeah so even that that's also been like something that's confused me like because for lots of people the interests that they develop are not necessarily what they what they were like what occupied their time in their childhood right it, it comes it comes about later in their twenties thirties forties and fifties so I feel like it's also limiting to think that that if you did it in your childhood that then only would you be then only will you be great at it but I find it interesting that it applies to me because, so, okay, I might just launch into an A-level, like, the into, like, a, yeah, yeah. yeah. so, um, like, drawing, for example, illust- like making little drawings of people, like, little cartoon-like people, that's something I did when I was really young, but, um, but, uh, but I, I, I think I kind of stopped over time, especially when I, when I took O-level and A-level art, mm-hmm. so that kind of, those 
like years in particular a levels especially kind of sapped the desire to do things out of me because everything became so like regimented and regimented because you had because i was also kind of shy about expressing my ideas and like yeah. for approval uh-huh. so even with my art teachers i would um i'd have to pitch like an idea for my portfolio and then mm-hmm. I, it would be subject to approval or just like you know comment and that always made me a little nervous i think i've always been a little bit nervous about feedback mm-hmm. which is something that i could prove on but that's basically me yeah um so i guess just that just the whole subject to another person's opinion mm-hmm. thing and also just the the rigorous aspect of it of just like you know having to create this many sheets send for grading mm-hmm. this time of the year so that just kind of kind of discouraged me from making art for a few years mm-hmm. and that's why like even project slowdown it's just a few months old and it's not something that i do every single day even though that was the I, ideally i would do that yeah but we haven't gone into what, what it, it is exactly yet but well let's actually get into it what is it exactly uh, this is I wanted to pivot into what got you to think about doing this. Before you actually before we get into that. Mm. I know you as a photographer. That's how you know of me. Yeah. And that's how we actually ended up meeting. Is that mm. you asked me if you could um, do something at Cedar at mm. that time when I was taking care of the department. Yeah. And you had this basically you had this skill set to offer mm. photography and videography and editing. Yeah. So firstly what got you into photography? I okay so photography I think I used to have this little point and shoot camera mm-hmm. you know the little little silver like one cybershot cybershot it was yeah, a sony cybershot yeah, okay. and uh, and we had that and I think like All I those was kids who don't know what a cybershot is before dslrs were the cool thing cybershots were the don't thing don't shame them it's okay but no they should know they should know they should know. but yeah basically uh because not everyone starting out with that right actually no people are starting off with their phones and then they're just like and then that's just kind of yeah doubling as professional photography from somehow yeah, yeah. um not no i'm not attacking anyone saying this maybe but <laughs> what maybe she is <laughs> maybe she is um yeah so so yeah i i started off with that i didn't really start off with that i was just i just kind of like taking pictures of that like you know the the typical um like it's raining in summer take a picture of the window with the Droplet. with the droplets and the and the bokeh and bokeh in the background how are we going to say it bokeh 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 okay but uh, yeah so like it was mostly that i was kind of fascinated by by things blurring out in the background yeah. very very basic and that's start. what you would think when you had that blur in the background then you think that yeah photography Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so that that was a long time ago. That was actually in 2000 Okay, I was I was I was I think 13 years old. About 13. Yeah, 13 years old when I started doing all of this and then and then uh, eventually my we bought a uh, like an Nikon DSLR. Then me and my mom both shared. Yeah. I kind of used it more. Um so I and I was also I just like taking pictures, I suppose. I don't know. uh i don't know exactly why that's also one one question that i've always had trouble with like no so what makes you do this what inspires you to do this it would mostly be very small small things like oh that that looks that looks cool like that smoke coming out of this looks cool or like mm-hmm. that person has an interesting face or yeah or this is i don't know it depends on the moment but yeah so like that was when i was around 13 i kind of taught myself also like you know googling stuff about uh, shutter speed and manual settings and stuff so that's why those like technical things come mm-hmm. very second nature to me now which is why if i have to explain it to anyone it's like uh <laughs> because because i've 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 learned it over so many years yeah so 
But yeah, so that that started a while ago, and then uh, I kind of just continued that. I started this project in uh, 2012 called 366 Days, not 365 because it was a leap year that year. It's the fucker. Yeah, and this yeah. is the second leap year since then. So that was eight. Oh shit, that was that was eight years ago. It's okay, you can cuss. <laughs> this uh, isn't for shit. Shit, <laughs> shit, shit is technically cussing according to like is it? the okay. internet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that for that, um, I was that. That's when Facebook was the. The platform for yeah for photos right after Orkut before Instagram yeah it was only Facebook yeah I wasn't in the Orkut age I, like my, all my older cousins were but yeah. I kind of I, I kind of just bypassed that uh-huh. there was another one also MySpace that was before Orkut that was before Orkut anyway so yeah so this was uh, this was um, like a, a project where I would it was actually inspired by Amna Sumro really you want to introduce Amna Sumro so Amna Sumro is basically um, another member of the team at Backspace. She is basically uh, my my savior. <laughs> Amna, if you're watching this, thank you. <laughs> huh, that's it? Yeah, we're talking about Amna right now. It's about I, know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, true. I just realized that it was inspired by, I think she had a similar project mm-hmm. where she uploaded, like she had a photo, photo book, photo book, photo journal, whatever uh, she wanted to call it or mm-hmm. whatever it was called. So the idea was to upload a photograph every single day mm-hmm. for the for the duration of the year. Yeah. And it was all that was also very spo- very spontaneous thing. I think I decided on like in the first two days of Jan, I was like, okay, let me let me just let me just do this. Yeah. Uh, I think I started after my birthday. My birthday is third January. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, it, it was it just just kind of like a spur of the moment inspiration kind of a thing. And I just continued. Mm-hmm. Um, some days if I couldn't upload. One, I would upload two the next day. Just to make sure you'd hit 366. Just to make sure I hit 366. Sweet. So that kind of continued for from the age of 14 to 15 for mm-hmm. me. And when I ended, I had turned 15. And so the last picture was a picture of myself, like with what I had learned from this or like what the what the process was like for me. Yeah. So yeah, that was, a, that was something that actually kind of, I think got me known as a photographer as well. Like a lot of people uh, recognize know that I do photography because of because of whatever legacy that I created. Yeah. Because they kinda of, kinda of stuck in people's minds, I guess. Um but yeah and then I think it was kind but of I didn't know that. You didn't know that? I didn't see I didn't know that. Yeah. I just knew you were into photography because you reached out to me. About you it. knew about that you... also because uh at that point I had started doing it professionally. And then at a couple of people's weddings Yeah, stuff, yeah. Birthdays, birthday birthdays, birthdays and weddings and yeah, events yeah, yeah. and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh and also and then, like, whatever else would come my way. But, yeah, it, it took a few years. I was a bit mm-hmm. of a hiatus in the middle also. Mm-hmm. But I kind of started again for the monies. For the monies, yeah. For the monies. And that kind of, that kind of, uh, like, it it took away the... The, the novelty. No, not the novelty, but the doing it for fun kind of, kind of a thing. Like, like, for example, sometimes I scroll through my own Instagram. Uh-huh. Because my own Instagram is just, like, like, I go through it and, like, because it, go, it goes back to 2012 also. And I just start, and, and like I see like chunks of my life in that feed. Like I see, you know, what I used to be interested in at that point. Yeah. What was like, peop- no, not even people as such, because normally um, for the longest time, my Instagram didn't have any pictures of myself as such. It was mostly like pictures of things and random, uh, I don't know, objects, skies, mm-hmm. animals, that things that things just kind of, looked nice or looked interesting and then I would just enjoy editing them and stuff and so there's mm-hmm. a lot of that and uh, that kind of faded also at some point mm-hmm. 
and then so like yeah lots of lots of but it's cool to see how you've um sorry changing interests changing interests but then also giving it that time before you move on to the next one i would feel Hi, you didn't I, you didn't just get into it and be like within a couple of days no that never happened it was very like there was no uh intention ke, i'm going to do this i love this now this, this is my thing yeah. like you know that, 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 okay. thing. <laughs> that was kind of that was kind of honestly in hindsight i would say that that those labels were kind of externally yeah. imposed like i wouldn't i never really identified myself as one thing yeah so for a long time i was just like i'm anti pigeon holding that was even my instagram bio at one point when the references that i'm making to instagram are far too many but yeah, uh, but yeah so like just just i, I don't want to be put into a box and still don't and do you think that's exactly why you uh tried to pivot from one interest to another i don't think i tried to i think it just happens okay and then like and then they start to mix and match into each other yeah like that's what's happening these days especially i'm i'm realizing that things don't have to be separate yeah like you can be interested in many things and you can pursue many things and they can mm-hmm. all kind of complement each other yeah in very like nice magical ways if you choose to see it that is so tell me a little bit about um let's come back actually into project slowdown hmm. tell me a little bit about that what is it how did it come about uh how did it come about what is it how did it come about okay so this also now i'm re- now i'm realizing that a lot of the projects that i start are very random and spur of the moment mm-hmm. this also was so i'll tell you the inspiration the inspiration was when i go out of the house a lot of the time i'm like at a, like a, at a restaurant or just like some kind of social setting yeah. i see people like because i am i also tend to people watch like stalk observe no just yeah observe observe just like kind of just like kind of see people judge them no not judge them just like just observe see what see what like is there any patterns i can see among people i don't know whatever question people don't do enough people watching anymore because everyone's on their phones which but then also back. because people get creeped out it's it's I'm very just messing with okay you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah okay so the so i would just kind of observe the fact that many people would be on their on their phones like people would be together at a table mm-hmm. but both of their next would be craned down and i would see like the movement of their of their hands right it would just be like a thumb going up and down up and down yeah. and i'd be like you know you're not doing anything important yeah. you're probably just scrolling on instagram yeah. so then i was like imagine if people just had used instagram and had followed a page where where they were told what they could do instead of doing what they're doing i was like wait what if i did that and i was thinking of all kinds of ideas that i could that i could write down initially i was like maybe i could just like make little infographic type of thingies uh like you know you can do this instead you can do yoga instead you can you can journal instead but like when you say infographics like i also mentioned the benefits of these things yeah, yeah 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 depending but i feel like with what you do there's a story being told hmm. so if it were infographics like hmm. but yeah so that then so then i don't know i don't know exactly when i decided okay let me let me what if i made illustrations instead of what you could do yeah. i think i was just like this would be a good project to hone yeah. my skills again because a lot of the reason that i would not make any art is because it would seem kind of directionless so i guess having some kind of umbrella on top of it gave it some sense of direction yeah so yeah then i just kind of started uh and so this is like a random bit of information also but the reason i started was like because i i realized i was also in a phase of procrastinating things a lot like procrastinating my own ideas yeah 
so i uh, i watched this video on productivity on youtube one day and and one of the tips was to have ideas was email no i wasn't okay. stop interrupting <laughs> <laughs> uh and one of the ideas was write an email to yourself mm-hmm. with the idea that you had because i don't know something about it being less you're less able to ignore it ignore it or forget about it in that sense by writing an email to yourself yeah because it's in your inbox you get notifications yeah and then you open it the next day or you schedule the email i don't know i forgot what the exact thing was so i actually emailed myself and i was like this seems weird no i was like this <laughs> seems very actionable i had two ideas at that time i don't know what the first one was second one was this so then then i was like okay what do i like i need a name for this yeah. i don't know where project how project slowdown came about it just happened and i feel like it i feel like it really works yeah because yeah. it applies to so many things but i think it's also uh, it's a really overall not just in terms of the name but the content that you put over there it's also something that could create a movement also hmm. because when you started off then you didn't open it and go out with a bang no no it's a closed page I it think. was a closed yeah. page initially and i just kind of posted that into my own story and then i was like follow this if you want <laughs> and then you would be the one accepting who follows yeah, yeah. Follow. is it oh, is it public now is it no it's public now it's now it has like 200 followers yeah, but that's not the point. Was, that was never the point. Yeah, the that point was never the that point. To actually, what like pass on something that would might that might be yeah, just kind of healthy. It prove you. prove beneficial to somebody, or just like I don't know, put up put out there what what is healthier, you know? Because yeah. so if anybody doesn't know, like people, I, I don't think anybody who's watching knows what the content of the page of the of the drawings I'll, are. I'll start putting it over here on the screen as well. Like tuck, 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 tuck. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, like a little. Yeah. Hopefully, it's actually coming in that. You know, you can you can try it. Yeah. yeah. So works on magic. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I interrupted again. No, I've forgotten my point. Thanks. Come back, come back to it. Come back to Whoa, it. Well, what was it? What, what were we talking about? We were talking about uh, if it is potentially helping people or not. I don't know. I think that I, I received some feedback, but not. Feedback as such, mostly people saying that they really like it or mm-hmm. that they really enjoy seeing it because it's just and like some like maybe one or two people or, or a couple of people here and there have said that you know it's encouraged them to uh, maybe do a specific thing more or it actually mm-hmm. or it actually made them stretch get up and stretch or something like that you know okay. so that makes me think okay this is making some small little teeny weeny difference yeah it's bringing about some impact yeah and while the idea is it like it's a two multi-faceted mm. purpose which is one is that one is that it'll encourage me to create more art yeah, just yeah. because that in itself is a mindful mindful process right just mm-hmm. the act of creating something and that's something that i realized also which is it's just just the act of making yeah. i didn't realize that for the whole time that i was wasn't actively making any art mm-hmm. um how mindful and how like absorbing the process is mm-hmm. and how beneficial that is yeah. eventually uh, and also, how good it makes you feel. Because it levels you, right? It's making you Grounds be still. You, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Makes, it makes you still. Exactly. And gets you to just focus on that. And people have different ways of being still. Like, yeah. and that's also another purpose of the drawing. It's like different yeah. ways you can be still without having to necessarily be sitting in meditation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you say is that um, it helps you be still, mm-hmm. and that's something that I actually wanted to bring up. Was that for me? It's very hard to be still, and that's why I think that this whole conversation for me also is also a very calming conversation as a whole. Yeah. This is something that you I think you should put the mic around the headphone. Yeah, 
or you could take it from under tell whatever mm-hmm. but i think the point is that what i was trying to say was that um it's just overall i think this is something that i really managed to uh, get from you this is a calming energy just slow down dude it's going to be all right but you know what it's actually um something that i've i've had to work on as well yeah uh the whole of last year i think i used to have a, like in the beginning of last year at least i used to have a very like Yeah, I'm yeah, very very restless. I still am pretty restless. Mm-hmm. But I'm I think I've learned through projects so now. This is like an indirect effect mm-hmm. that I've just become more willing to just just you know be okay not doing much. Yeah. You know because I think that we have we, we live in this very hyperactive lifestyle. Lifestyle and also just like the the messages that we hear yeah. and and read and see and that we're like fed about just you know achieving more and doing this yeah. and doing that and you can do this also mm-hmm. and this is important and that is important and mm-hmm. influencers and so these are all like very subtle and also non subtle ways of just feeling like you're not doing enough mm-hmm. feeling like i'm not doing enough or mm-hmm. or anybody yeah so i don't know this just kind of came about as a result of the project of project sodan as well cuz last year it would just be like you know get up in the morning go to the gym go to come back eat go to work come back from work and then feel drained feel drained yeah even yeah. even if i haven't really exerted myself so much mm-hmm. so i feel like the process of just being still also is very energizing yeah. and again being still like for example one of the drawings some of the drawings include like washing dishes or folding clothes and yeah you know just like very otherwise menial or mundane activities yeah yeah which people which to be honest people in our part of the world don't really do it because we often have people doing them for us yeah um so which is actually quite sad so you don't get to find the pleasure in these things yeah and well. they're actually very ple- pleasurable things like i've grown up not doing these things and i'm sure my mother has really resented me for it for my entire life but now yeah. i don't know if, like what i'm not going to go into that <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah it's just doing it for a sense of peace uh peace of mind as well not even intentionally but i guess over time realizing for example making my bed in the morning yeah this is i don't know if this is a tangent or the, on the same lines but that's something that i started doing uh because i read this in actually your book that you had lying on your desk tools of titans yeah yeah the one with the navy seal jocko mm. wilkins nah, I, no 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 seth godin actually seth godin did set this he yeah this is one of his uh answers to some things like some morning morning routines basically i'm all about morning routines like i love having mornings to myself mm-hmm. and just like you know having the time to set myself up for the day even yeah. though that's not the intention but that's what it ends up doing uh-huh. but yeah so like me waking up and uh stretching or doing yoga or whatever yeah. uh, and then making my bed because it takes literally 3 minutes and it feels like you know it helps you get control of the day control of the day and also like you like like, like you've done something Yeah. Without really having done anything. I'll bring in a sports reference. I'm sorry, but after uh, Kobe Bryant's um, passing away, a lot of his old videos are popping up on my YouTube lately. So Ariana Huffington, um, a couple of years ago, made a video on why Kobe Bryant meditates, yeah. uh, and he was meditating and something else I forgot. Uh, but he says that in the morning, I like waking up in the mornings and uh, meditating is because. his words were that because the days i don't meditate i feel like i don't have control over the day but the days i do meditate i can dictate mm-hmm. how my day goes and just those 5 minutes of being still and being calm and being with himself mm-hmm. 
really make a big impact on his overall performance. Yeah. And the other thing was sleep. The other factor was sleep. Okay. Then yeah. he's then she says that Ariana Huffington says like he's been doing this for so long that he realized with these were the only performance enhancing tools he needed. So I think in overall, for someone like me being uber productive, also would this would be like a byproduct of that. Not like, getting enough sleep. Not getting enough sleep, but then also wanting to focus on taking care of my own emotional and mental health yeah. via these tools, yeah. whether that be creating art, that be meditating, that be getting some extra sleep, or that even just be like cooking. In my example, getting back into cooking. But now, um, I wanted to ask you actually. So, if you don't mind, maybe change the topic a little bit away from Project Slowdown. Don't mind. You don't mind at all. Ijazat hai. So. Um, I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. about your time in university. Oh. And something which I found really cool, uh, something which I thought was really cool about you was that when you when you came to, when you asked me to work at Cedar, you basically said was that um, you were leaving Habib University. Mm-hmm. And um, you were like, you at that time, you said that you don't have any plans of going back into formal education. I had left at that point. At that time, yeah. you had left it. That's so, when I had just come back. From Nepal, yeah, yeah. Huh? So you went to Nepal also. That's a different that's tangent another, altogether. That's another tangent altogether. We'll get into <laughs> that at some point. So, what actually what what got you to build up that courage to end up leaving university? Because I feel that something that is was real. I find it very admirable mm. for building up that courage and taking that step, but then also being sure of that decision. Yeah. You know, it's something that I would say is that, that, that you should be very proud of yourself for that because you did something for yourself. That was the first, I think that was actually the first decision that I had ever made. Yeah. And um, I also, I think unknowingly, didn't let, leave myself any room for indecision at that point. Hmm. I think that I wasn't very happy there uh, mm-hmm. for the first few months of me studying there because I left in my second year. Mm-hmm. I was happy, like I was enjoying it, but there were many factors that that I didn't really that didn't really suit me like for example mm-hmm. the distance yeah and driving all the way there and they're driving all the way back like it was it, yeah, tiring it was exhausting, it was yeah. exhausting. It, it left me not able to do things well other yeah. things well that was one small thing mm-hmm. but how i built up the courage honestly so like i think the seed was kind of planted that i might not really be this might not be the place for me like in the beginning beginning of that semester my second year first semester mm-hmm. Uh, when I was like in this big mess because of enrollment, enrollment was like a huge pain because it was like you had to sit in front of the screen and just make sure you get your course. Yeah. And everyone goes through it. Lots of things everyone goes through without reali- without seeing that it should not be that way, but we yeah. go through it anyway. So in that sense, I might be a bit of an idealist. I get that from my dad. He also kind of helped plant the seed. He was like, no. He's like, he like he's very like, some, gets very like, you know, firm about certain things. Like, not yeah. firm, but um, you know, strong-headed, like, you know, you, you don't need this and, like, you can do this instead and that's honestly really great and, like, I'm really grateful for that because no one's, very few people would be able to say that, yeah, my parents encouraged me to drop out of school. Yeah. It, because most people who have who have told about this, they're like, what did your parents, parents say? say yeah. And I'd be like, <laughs> well, they kind of, they kind of helped me think of the idea in the first place. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I think it was, Kind of triggered by the fact that one day I came home not feeling very happy at all. I was upset. I was, and that may not be the best way, best place to make a decision. But that was the day I think I made the decision. It was a Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a Thursday. 
and uh, a warm and Thursday. it was a warm th- Thursday afternoon actually, and uh, and yeah, and I was just like, I am not happy here. It was a very intuitive decision, very intuitive, and that is actually what sparked this like revelation in my head of just like doing things with my gut instead of doing things mm-hmm. solely from my head. Yeah. It was like heart heart says something, listen yeah. to it. Um, and that's not. And I don't equate that with getting carried away with emotion. I yeah. I feel like that's a different thing altogether. Mm-hmm. I still can't really put it into words because it keeps coming and going. Yeah. That that sense, that feeling. But that's what it was, spur of the moment. Also, and then but the time that I had made the the decision, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, got to follow through with this. So that that meant you know talking to all the people, getting my paperwork, getting my clearances done, yeah. going to like offices that are very intimidating to me. Otherwise, like bureaucracy, like yeah. Going to one person and they say, go to this person. And they say, no, you have to go here. And then they're like, okay, no. you yeah. know. But I had to go through that. Luckily, I had this other girl who was dropping out at the same time as me. So we kind of did it together. Okay. So that was that's how it happened. Within a week, I was out there. But this making decisions from the heart, you still stick by it? Definitely. Yeah? Yeah. But do you, and do you think that other people, do you think that the people still around who don't understand the practicality behind the decision? My decision? Yeah. Like in with yeah. regards to me? With regards to you. Or do or do you sometimes also question the decision itself? I don't. No? Actually, that's something that I've asked myself. I'm like, do I regret it? And I do not for a second. Uh, I'm in no way encouraging anyone to drop out of school or wherever you are. That's why I looked at the Eat camera. your vegetables. <laughs> stay in school, kids. It's a rough world outside. That's not what I'm trying to say. You either. don't know what goes on in the hood. There is no hood. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Again, you distract. That you don't encourage anyone to. Yeah, that, but that's not my point. My point is just that uh, for me, it wasn't the right place because yeah. I also felt that we go through school, you go through A levels, and everyone around us has college counselors and is applying to colleges, and there's this like huge pressure to get into certain schools. I in my A levels, okay, like these are my circumstances. This is me. Speaking for myself, like I wasn't pushed to apply to university at that point because I was like, how can I spend so much money on something that I, I don't even know what it is. Yeah. It didn't make any sense to me, so I barely applied. I applied to two places. I applied to Hampshire College in the states. In the states, and uh, I actually wrote my college essay. I think I've told you this about comparing myself to a noodle. Yeah. And this is how adaptable noodles are. And like, you know, you can be Chinese, you can be, ja- you can be Japanese, you can be Chinese. They, they loved it. Like in, in, their, in my acceptance letter, they actually wrote a postscript about how there's a noodle bar nearby that I can... <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They gave me a scholarship also, but it wasn't enough. As it usually isn't. America is expensive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and, and the other place was Sabanchi. Thank there you. also I got in, but I didn't get a scholarship over there. And... Uh, yeah, and then I also applied to Habib at that time, and we went to see the campus, and I think we were blown away by the campus, as everyone is. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. And, uh, and yeah, I so... I still haven't seen it. You still haven't seen it? I'll take you. Watch. Yeah. I don't really want to go I keep disturbing you. I keep interrupting, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... You went to Habib. Yeah. You guys got blown away by the campus. Yeah, and then... What was your question? Your question? Just that, do you question the decision or not? Yeah, I don't. I don't. No, because because I have had the chance to experience so much else in this yeah. time. Like, I would be graduating in a few months mm-hmm. if I had stayed in Habib, and that would have been a good thing on its own. Yeah. 
but because i've had the chance to like you know travel um once twice actually um i've had the chance to like you know gain new experiences gain work experience i like my pool of people who like i can surround myself with or who i've known who who i've got to know in the past two two and a half years almost yeah has like substantially increased yeah. people who i would never have even met otherwise i wouldn't have met you otherwise no you wouldn't i wouldn't been. isn't that so sad that's so strange <laughs> Uh, so yeah so it's 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 actually really cool it's very interesting it's very magical also yeah. um i love this perspective to be honest what perspective you said this earlier in the conversation also is like if i didn't do this you know like it's just magical how it's all it's all come full circle mm. right now also that mm. having met all these people after making such a big decision in your life mm. you know diversifying your your network and your or your it's how it, it's how i choose to see it And that's great because mm-hmm. many people I don't think you see it from that angle. Mm-hmm. We're so caught up in us being afraid of what could happen or what we would not get mm-hmm. that we forget to think about it's that. Opportunities that do open up actually. It's easy to fall back into that. Uh, yeah. Just because I was enlightened or just like experienced that once doesn't mean that that sticks with you. Yeah. Like for example, for a long time, I think for the past year actually, I was in a weird place. I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't very sure about what was going on. Yeah. I made a lot of different decisions mm-hmm. in that time, and um, and and yeah. So like now again, I'm like coming back to those realizations, yeah. not the same ones, but in a different context, mm-hmm. different experiences, um, kind of reinforcing the same underlying things. Yeah. Just like the importance of, I don't know, being open, yeah. believing in believing in, like like I said, magic. Yeah. That's something that, like. It's not like I'm. I've always believed in that, and it's not like I believe in magic, but it's. But if you expect magic to happen, then something like that. Not expect, but just even, but just like being open, being open to things. Yeah. You know, and not seeing things as like a things as dead ends. Yeah. Or seeing things in like these little confined categories that we're that that, that we've that we've grown up seeing them. You yeah. know, in terms of, in terms of life within school and life within this and life within work and life within this. Yeah. You can be in between as well. Yeah. And that's I think the the most fulfilling times that I've had have been the in between times. Because like this something that my dad has also has always um talked about, not talked about but just has has always um emphasized is just the importance of being bored. Yeah. The importance of allowing yourself to be bored and often I have not I often don't do that. Like I, if I'm bored I'm bored. Yeah. When I was a kid I always used to like complain like I'm bored. I used to walk into my parents' room in the morning and really hungry, and I'm not really hungry, really sleepy, and I'd be like, I'm hungry. You know, like I I wouldn't be hungry is different from bored. I don't know about where that came up from, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Wow, huge tangent. Back to topic. Uh, boredom is important. Yeah. Because it that's where your ideas come from, yeah. right? Uh, that's where you allow yourself to do other things. Think about other ways. experiment um, experiment yeah and i think also um, one thing that i had was after leaving habib i had the confidence in myself that i wouldn't let myself bum around yeah not that i'm shaming anyone for bumming around yeah, yeah. but that's not what i wanted to do like i you want to make sure you're still active i want to make sure and I, i knew that i still would be because i'm not the kind of person like i i felt i needed a break okay everyone yeah. needs a break yeah. too much too much too much too much for high you know yeah. too much academics 
take a break from all of this. Yeah. So that was good also, you know, managed to spend some time with family in that in that time as well. Mm-hmm. Um and uh explore other things. And uh Yeah. Yeah, something. Yes. Is this what got you to go to Nepal? Yeah, actually. So I was already practicing yoga otherwise. Mm-hmm. I had started like very close to the time that I dropped out of Habib and I was just kind of practicing on my own. I was using YouTube videos. Yeah. I do it in my room. Yoga with Tim. Yoga with Tim. <laughs> yoga with Tim, Five Parts Yoga, all of the non-mainstream yoga channels, I would say. Yeah. And everyone knows yoga with Adrian, but I never really practiced with her. As not Tim. I told you about Tim. That's exactly <laughs> but, uh, yeah, But yeah, so so that was happening and then people were, and I was kind of like, the idea was planted in my head that maybe I could, I could pursue this. Mm-hmm. That's what made me think about and do some research on teacher trainings, yoga teacher trainings. Yeah, yeah. And there's even a website called bookyogateachertraining.com. That's really? where I found my, that's where I found it from. And uh, my parents were a little bit unsure because because it, it seemed a little gimmicky. Uh-huh. You know, this is, this could just be money making. Uh-huh. Uh, Nepal was one of the places which had the more affordable teacher trainings. Mm-hmm. And it also seemed like a very, and I, and I had, I knew some yogis or followed them on Instagram. I knew that they went to the same place. Yeah, yeah. So I reached out to them also, uh, asking them how their experience was. And they really helped a lot as well. Um, and yeah, and then eventually I just managed to convince my parents this was a good idea. They also joined me. Really? They came, yeah, they came for a week also. The family went to Kathmandu. Kathmandu. Kathmandu, uh, Bhaktapur, Pokhara. Yeah, those, are the, those are the main places we went to. So they came for a week before my, my training started. The training was, was four weeks long. They left. Uh, they kind of dropped me off. And then I stayed on for another week. So I was there. I was away for about a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And that was um, from March to, to, to the end of April. So, yeah. Mm. And then when you came back, did you pursue like something full-time in yoga? Not full-time, but like opportunities came my yeah. way. Uh, but because of the people that I knew, I guess. Mm-hmm. Dhanak is one of them. Yeah. Dhanak, Ajlan, others as well. Um the whole fraternity. The whole fraternity, so the whole yoga yogi community. Yeah. So I, I I taught some classes here and there. I spent about three, three and a half months teaching mm-hmm. um, some people who I knew personally as well, substitute for somebody else mm-hmm. at the clinic. This is it's, it's this place in Shabazz. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so then that's how I spent the few months. But that also wasn't my intention. It wasn't my intention to teach. As such. I just wanted to go because I kind of, I had spent the year before that saving up from hmm. my photography gigs, random ones. And so I had a little bit less than what I needed. That's mm-hmm. where, that's where. Mom, dad. Fa- yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that also felt good because it was my first kind of, kind of self-funded yeah. experience. You got to splurge on yourself. Basically. So it's, I love how it's, it's gone from photography to yoga to now Project Slowdown. Mm. And, Photography that had something to do with uh, project to slow down. Yeah. Anna? And yeah. when you were the, this, I'm trying to find a link from yoga back to your past also. As, as in, I like used to do handstands. The, so I have a drawing. Uh, me and my mom were going through my uh, my drawings that, that like that I like we have stacks and stacks of the drawings that I used to make like in like folders. When you were a kid? Yeah, and there and then I, I saw some stuff about. Um, I used to. So like there was a phase where I was just I was like I, I was living on peanut butter and bananas yeah. during the time that I went vegan, and um, and so then 
recently only we saw some stories that I wrote and st- some drawings that I made and there were some drawings that I made of myself doing a handstand also like when I was way young like maybe 5 6 and then there was a story that I wrote about some girl whose parents left her home alone and she she just really wanted to eat bananas <laughs> and uh, and I was like the girl's name was Mary and the, but the circumstances were very much like my like my own house and i was like wow like so many things did come full circle in many ways that those could have been random one off drawings yeah, yeah. but random one off stories but it was just nice to find that link as well yeah so yeah but, i have a i have a question to ask you and i know you don't like me asking these questions about duration in some way or form duration like you know aage ja ke aapne kya karna hai instead ha ask it mai mai bolunga ki aap agar piche ja sakte the to what would you what would you tell your younger self actually is there something that if you could meet like 5 year old amna or 6 year old amna is there something that you would tell her hmm i was i was pretty crazy as a kid so calm down no i'll tell her to keep, i'll tell her to keep being like that <laughs> awesome yeah did like like i used to dress up as all these strange characters like i used yeah. to i like i once dressed up as a beekeeper with these weird socks on and had this hat on and i was like sliding around my house and ice skater and i and i used to jump over things and i used to fall over fall over things i used to call myself the great mongosto also with the my cousin mongosto i made up that word completely and this stemmed from when i purposely fell off a bed at my cousin's house uh-huh. uh and prided myself on the fact that i don't get hurt <laughs> <laughs> and that was and therefore i call myself the great mongosto and everyone remembers that my cousins at least how old were you then Oh, it's five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. five, six. So, But what would you say? To my younger self. To your younger self. Keep being crazy, little girl. Yeah. I don't know, maybe something like that. Uh, actually, to your surprise, perhaps I was actually journaling the other day, mm-hmm. and I was looking at all these journal prompts uh, as to like you know things that can inspire you to write something. And one of the questions was, "What would you tell your younger self?" And that's what I said. Stay crazy. Yeah. There could be other things that maybe after this podcast we'll be like, should have said that. But brush your teeth on time. Mm, all those things. Put your retainers on. Don't forget that. I do that every night. You do that? Yeah. No. I don't know. I don't know what these braces problems are. I had them for four years. Oh. No. That's who you are. My braces. They defined you. No. Brace face. They did. People didn't notice though because my my top teeth don't show in it. No. It's being recorded. I know. It's okay. <laughs> so. Um I think let's wrap this one up. Mm. This was good. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on. Not a problem. It was fun. Been, I enjoyed it. It's been it. a little delayed. Yeah. It's been a little delayed. It's been a little delayed. That's But okay. I'm very proud of myself is that I still made this one happen. Mm. Because in the last uh release that I had of behind the grind it was a monologue. Like mm. it was there it was when I had come back from the bike. Mm. Uh, in November. And I spoke about lessons and then I said in the next episode of behind the grind we're going to have the creative project slowdown. Mm. What sucked was that that was this was supposed to happen in 2019, and I wanted to release it then. Mm. It's okay if it's a new year and new decade. It's okay. It's all good. Time is just a construct. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> and on that note, thank you once again. Thank you very much for coming by. Thank you for having me. This was great. This was very insightful. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to listen to this one again and again. Mm. I will also just that. to see what I sound like. Uh, but I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Um, in the next episode, we've got my old mentor coming on again, Bilal Hamid. So do check that one out as well. He's already released it on his own podcast, but you know me—I take time with these things. 
take my time for these things uh till the next one peace out take care bye bye